Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I'm super excited to bring our guest on the show because number one, she's just super inspiring. And I actually met her through Chris Harder's mastermind and I've really grown to love her and her husband, Mike. And she's just got such a passion for what she does. And I know she's going to add so much value today, but even more than that, I think that she's going to bring some practical um, things to you, our audience that I think, um, you know, some of you are probably really looking for, searching for. I know when we were just having the conversation off, off mic about when I found Chris Harder and I found the mastermind, you know, I've, I've built multiple successful businesses as the audience knows. But when we switch over into the online marketing world and, you know, building courses and trying to, you know, build our brand, a lot of a lot of us are confused in that area. And, and Jess has a unique background. She's uniquely qualified, um, number one, to teach, which I'll let her get into. But then also she's created an entire system and community around, you know, taking your genius, your skill set, and just helping you do that. And as a side note, before we get into it, um, she, my son actually took her course originally, and I think it was a little bit early for him. But I, Jess, I was telling Mike the other day, um, I walked into Dylan's room uh, yesterday morning because I surf with him every week and he had sticky notes. He's building his course right now. So he finally, like he finally grew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he picked it up. But anyway, let me, let me introduce you. This is Jess Glazier. Um, like I said, her and Mike have just become dear friends. They're amazing people. So I'm happy to have you here. Mike, I'm so happy to be here. And I'm, ha- I'm thrilled to hear about the post-it notes. It makes me really happy, but thank you. I'm excited to chat. Yeah. So he's got a concrete floor in his apartment and I walked in there yesterday and we were getting a board out, you know, for me to go surfing on and, um, there's sticky notes literally laid out for his project on the ground. And I'm like, are you, are you finally doing like Jess's thing? And he's like, yeah, I'm building a course right now. So he's building a course around, um, online wake surfing. And it's basically Incredible. from getting up on the board to 360. Um, and you know, he's got this goal of selling a thousand of them for $197. And I'm like, Incredible. I did the math quickly for a 21 year old kid to potentially make a, you know, 200 grand in, in 12 months. I'm like, come on. And that's like, and he can, and he can, yeah. and he can, it's so easy for him. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, anything he needs, I'll reach out to him and let him know he can cool. give him contact. Love it. Well, let's get into the four questions and then we'll see where this goes. So who has had sure. the greatest impact on your life? Ooh, I feel like it's so cliche to say my parents or my brother, uh, but you know, they're my parents and my brother. So mm-hmm. they've definitely had a huge impact on my life. My brother is five years old. He's been very awake, aware and conscious his whole life. And so he brought me through a spiritual journey at a very young age and was introducing me to lots of different perspectives and ways of thinking. Uh, he also took an entrepreneurial route, which in our family, in our extended family, entrepreneurship is not an option. I come from a family of doctors, lawyers, and accountants, Mm. and he kind of broke the status quo, which was a really cool path, watching him do that and and build his own business. And now his second company, um, he definitely has made just a huge impact on my life. And then of course, mentors, various mentors. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting when you're talking about like, you know, your brother breaking that mold. Um, 
it's really great. Somebody was asking me the other day, I was on somebody else's podcast and they were asking if my family was entrepreneurial and I'm like, they weren't. But like the minute that I became an entrepreneur, there's like now so my mom has multiple businesses, my dad has multiple businesses, my brother. So it just takes that one person to just really like open it up and show um, not only other people in the world, but you know, people in the family and future generations yeah. and legacy. And so that's super cool. I, that, it's a cool point. And, um, you know, so you're so blessed that your brother kind of, you know, broke that mold. That's cool. Yeah. And I don't think he did it intentionally. There was a lot of screaming, fighting. I mean, he dropped out of college, which is again, like that is unheard of in my family. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't a beautiful path to watch, but now, you know, in hindsight and watching him go through it all definitely was like, well, he did it. I can do it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? The one thing actually came from our dear friend and longtime mentor, Chris. And it's a quote he said to me many, many years ago that he uses, ego is your biggest overhead. And this came up in a conversation probably six years ago when we were out to dinner. And he said it to me in a way that... <laughs> it just kind of flipped my world upside down where I didn't recognize at the time that I was chasing a lot of external awards, recognition, validation, like many of us do, right? Mm -hmm. Especially for me, type three on the Enneagram, control freak, high achiever, all these different things. And so he kept saying ego is your biggest overhead in the sense that I was too egotistical to ask for help. Mm. I didn't want to admit that I was wrong. I didn't want to admit that I didn't know something. Um, and so putting my ego aside is something that has just changed everything for me and, and catapulted the business because now I ask for help. I get into rooms where I feel like I'm the dumbest person. I say when I don't know things, I, I read more, I research more. So it's been a huge, huge turning point for me. You know, that's such a great point. And I've thought about this for so long. I had the privilege of, um, meeting Jim Rohn's business partner, Kyle Wilson, and have gotten to know him pretty well. And, you know, everybody knows that Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. And, um, but I've pondered, I've been pondering the last few years, like when we talk about getting in those rooms and when you say ego, um, there's, I was with Morgan Stossel the other day, the guy that wrote psychology of money. And he was talking about, um, you know, just our preconceived ideas. And when you say ego, it's funny because a lot of people, I think when we hear that word ego, um, it initially comes off as like some bravado type thing, but a lot of times ego. So back to getting in, in the rooms, you're the average of the five people. So everybody's always talking about like, how do I get in bigger rooms? As you said, I want to be the dumbest person in the room. Um, it's interesting though, because I've been pondering like, who do I have to become in order to get in that room? And a, a lot of times, even not wanting to speak up or, or, you know, um, not even ego can show up as like fear and all, like, there's so many different forms of ego. And Morgan Stossel was yeah. talking about that in the psychology of money. And, and so it's super interesting. So how do you overcome, uh, how do how do like, when you think about ego, there's so much there, like, how do you, how do you overcome that? How do you start unpackaging that? What does that look like? Yeah. So I don't know how open and willing your audience is, uh, but I'm more on the spiritual side of things, a mm -hmm. bit woo-woo, if you will. So for me, it was actually having a relationship with my ego and understanding who she is. And mm -hmm. I imagine my ego as a giant boardroom, which for the record, I've never been in. So I've never worked in corporate, but a big, long table. And there's all these different people in the chairs, but what the chairs are actually filled with are different versions of myself. And mm -hmm. so it's the ego 
that wants to protect me and just keep me safe from the saber-toothed tiger because that's really what it is. Yeah. And then there's the ego that is my seven-year-old self who just wants to be seen and loved. And then there's my ego, which is my higher self. And then there's the ego that's my intuition and my my gut feeling and my knowing. So we have all these different egos. And so for mm-hmm. me, it's over the last five to seven years, I've really started to build relationships with each form of my ego and not push her away or mm-hmm. judge her or hide her or try to avoid her, but rather lean into her and say like, oh, cool, you're showing up again. Why are you here? What, what are you interested in? What do you need from me? What are you trying to protect me from? Yeah. And the more I can lean into it and recognize that I'm safe, because that's that's usually what it is. It's a mm-hmm. fear of not being safe mm-hmm. and, and not surviving. So, oh, you're safe. You're just uncomfortable. Then just becomes easier and easier. And then on the flip side, the more kind of 3D side, when I ask for help and I get help and then I have a result, where things are easier or I'm seen mm-hmm. or I'm understood when you have that evidence over time, time after time, after time, it's like confidence. It just builds over time. So you're like, Oh, the proof is in the pudding. Every time I ask for help, I receive help. Weird. <laughs> this yeah. is easy. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And, and, you know, you started off with saying, you don't know how open my audience is. Well, it doesn't really matter <laughs> because yeah. if they're not open, but I think they're pretty open. So I think we can go anywhere we want to, but the reality is whether they're open or not, just even back on the thread of ego, what you just said makes so much sense because those different parts of us exist, whether we want to be open to it or not. And the answer to the question was beautiful because if we don't want to go there and we don't want to get into all of that, um, that's really just the same thing, right? It's a type and shadow of an ego not wanting to really, I don't want to go there. I don't want to face my fears. I don't want to face you know the things that are holding me back. And so um, I think it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And don't judge yourself. Like if it made you triggered or squeamish or you don't want to do it because it's ugly and it is, you yeah. know, then don't judge yourself. Everyone's on their own path. But yeah. for me, it's been relationships within myself. Yeah. Well, it ties in beautifully and I don't want to dig too deep into what you do, but even I want to finish the questions, <laughs> but um, even the ego thing, like when we go out there and we first start really like digging into what's our gift for the world and, you know, what am I really here for? You know what? I mean, even if it's not, your overarching like purpose in life, what are you skilled at? And when you, when you teach people to build courses, I mean, it's even ego that keeps us from stepping into that, right? Like we're always scared of like rejection and you know, what are people, what if nobody buys it? (laughs) It's just ego. I don't, all of it. I don't have enough followers. Mm -hmm. Why me? There are other people that have been doing it longer. Like this is all ego that shows up and we can get into rejection. That's a, that's a whole other topic, but um, yeah, it's not the rejection we're scared of. It's what we've made rejection mean about us that we're scared of. So, yeah. Well, let's make sure we circle back to that because I want to see when we start talking about, you know, empower you and what you guys do and everything and you know, how your coaches are set up. um, I want to make sure that we unpackage that because I think it is fear that keeps people from moving forward and and I think we come up with a lot of excuses about why we don't have time or, you know, why we don't have the resources and all this stuff. And it's really just fear and ego and all those things that are trying to, as you said, protect us. And in reality, it's keeping us from the one thing that it really should, we should be doing. And that's, you know, sharing our gift and our experiences and our knowledge with the world. So, um, you know, I've heard many people say a version of this, but Kara always talks about like when we hide behind that ego and fear and everything else, like we're stealing from other people. So it's such an interesting, like, uh, way to, to frame it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You're robbing, taking. Love it. It's mm-hmm. brilliant. What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? Ooh, the first one, that, like real fast. The first one that comes to mind, I, I battled with a 10, almost 11 year uh, eating disorder. Hmm. So I think that that definitely threw me for a loop. 
And I've had a lot of different physical, I've had multiple surgeries, uh, detached ligaments and uh, breast cancer scare. So for me, it's been a, a number of different health things that have sort of stopped me in my tracks or flipped me upside down to shake me. So I believe, you know, there's a message, you get like a little, a little tap on the shoulder. If you don't listen, it's like a harder push. And then eventually it's a whack upside the head. And so for me, I've had multiple sort of whack upsides the head by the universe to mm. slow me down, to stop me, to have me breathe, uh, to assess where, what I'm doing, why I'm going so fast, why I'm working so hard. And uh, so those are the things that come to mind or just a couple physical things I've gone through that have really sort of changed the trajectory of my life a couple different times. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think a lot of times when people see like a Jess Glazier, that's, you know, you and Mike, like I said, in the beginning, you guys are just fabulous humans, but everybody's got such a background. And that's why I love that question because it usually brings up usually, usually when, and I guess this ties back into the, the fear side of things too. I mean, you've battled through a ton. That was just the one thing that you shared. Right. But, um, I've heard, you know, many different parts of your story. And, and I think a lot of times people sit on the sidelines, um, because they, you know, I grew up this way or, you know, I've, I can't do this because of that. And most of the time, like what I love about, you know, having conversations with people like you is that it really allows me to realize that we've all just been through hell and back. And that's what makes us who we yeah. are. 100%. We're just human. Like I'm not special. I'm not different. I have a story just like everybody else. And I'm sure we can unpack even more stuff, but mm -hmm. those are the things that kind of came to mind and they've all been really pivotal moments. Actually the eating disorder, I had checked myself into an outpatient therapy program after about 10 years. And um, that was the first time I ever asked for help. Mm. And so when I talk about ego and asking for help, that was my first piece of evidence that I had asked for help and it saved my life, but I didn't do it again for about another eight years. Mm. Like I, I, there was a really big gap of time before I did it again, but I always remember that as one of those moments where it was like, I asked for help. I got the help I needed and yeah. here I am. So, wow. yeah. So amazing. What is the single piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Ooh. Oh, this is so hard. I'm like, I do a hundred coaching calls a week. I yeah. feel like I say the same thing over and over. Some of the things that are something that's coming to mind is feedback is neutral. Mm -hmm. um, so when I think about my clients, especially, and going back to what you were saying before with rejection or a customer or a client complaining or someone saying something negatively about you or wanting a refund because they don't like your particular program, feedback is neutral. And when we can come from a place of feedback, whether that's likes on Instagram, comments from people, client results, an argument you get into with a friend or family member, um, feedback is neutral. And so we are mirrors for one another. And what is actually being projected to you is often what you're projecting out. Hmm. And so how can you look at it from a different angle? And so not to take things so personally, it's not about you, mm -hmm. right? It's often about them. And yeah, I think in business, I, I do say feedback is neutral. I love it. Um, so, okay, let's... Let's shift a little bit and let's, um, I, I want to hear your story. Like I want to hear where you came from. Um, there's so many ways that we could go. It's going to be hard to pack all this into 45 minutes, but, um, yeah, I really want to hear, I want to hear your background. I want to hear what, you know, what you guys are currently doing today. I mean, I obviously know, but it's super exciting. Um, my audience is, is generally people that are looking, I mean, it's investing for freedom, right? So they're looking for financial freedom. They're looking to build, you know, streams of passive income, um, a lot of them are W2 people that are, are looking to exit their careers and just trying to figure out, you know, how, what, like, how do they show up and add value in the world and, and your story and how it built, you know, where you came from 
And then where you guys are at today is super amazing. So um, I want to definitely want to make sure we touch on Empower You because you you have built a machine that helps people take their skill set and build courses and share it with the world. And you've got an entire ecosystem of of coaches and support network that help them do that, so they're not alone. So um, where do you want to go? Let's uh, let let's throw this back. I at mean, you. we. Could, yeah, we can back it up. We can reverse engineer. Yes. So I can give you the, the bullets. Like I said, the most normal just person. Mm-hmm. So I went to school for my doctorate of physical therapy. I did my undergrad. When I went into grad school after my first year, I that's when I was working through my eating disorder and um, I just didn't feel aligned. So I actually dropped out of my doctorate program. So there I was the child of all doctors, lawyers, and accountants. And I dropped out of my doctorate program. I moved home to Jersey and moved back in with my parents. So this was after I was probably, you know, in my early twenties and was working as a personal trainer. I had been a trainer all through high school and college. So I was working as a personal trainer to make ends meet, bartender, waitress, you name it, and ended up in fashion school. So I went from doctor to physical therapy to fashion school, living on my brother's couch for a year in New York city, hated the fashion industry, was completely lost and confused. And at that point was in my mid twenties. And all my friends were getting engaged and moving into apartments and I was living on my brother's couch. So my parents had lovingly encouraged me to get a teaching degree to quote, fall back on Mm. when I was in undergrad for PT, because I was always a coach. I was always a trainer. It just made sense. And so thank God they did. So I decided I need a real job. I'm going to go apply for one school district in New Jersey. And if I get it, I'll take it. And I got it. Hmm. So I ended up going working at the school district for eight years. I loved it. I loved my job. I love kids. I was coaching at my old high school. I was working as a trainer on the side, but I was unfulfilled and had a lot of time. So we lived in Jersey at the time, white picket fence, totally house poor, paycheck to paycheck, the American dream, right? Mm -hmm. Mike was commuting into the city an hour and a half each way every day. And I would get home from work at 325. He'd get home from work at like nine. Mm -hmm. So from 325 to nine, what did I do? A lot of different things. I just started creating side hustles. Again, not knowing what entrepreneurship was, not being interested in it. I just was looking for a way to fill my time and a void that I felt, to be honest. And so through that, I started dabbling. This was in 2012. I started dabbling in online fitness coaching. And this was before it is what it is now. I was emailing people workout plans. They were mailing me checks in the actual mail. I started selling eBooks. I was doing paid Facebook groups. I mean, it was very much the beginning and never really thought anything of it. Fast forward to 2016. I'm driving to work, October of 2016, coffee in hand, same path I'm always driving on. You know, you're half asleep getting there, yeah. listening to a podcast. And a woman who was being interviewed sold jewelry on Etsy, but she was a teacher. She wanted to do jewelry full-time, but golden handcuffs, summers, benefits, pension. So the man interviewing her said, if you gave yourself one year to go all in on jewelry and it didn't work, what would be the worst case scenario? And here I am driving. So she said, I I would go back to teaching. I might have to go to a different district, but I've been a teacher for 10 years. I'll go back to teaching. Okay. I've been really unhappy and I've had a lot of little side hustles and his answer changed my life. So he said to her, oh, how does it feel to wake up every day and live in your worst case scenario? Wow. She was already doing it. She was already in her worst case scenario. And so at the time, October, 2016, I pulled over on the highway. I was hysterical crying. I texted Mike. I said, I can't do this anymore. I have to quit. I had no plan. I had no reason to quit. I had no backup. There was, there was nothing. My, my quote unquote cute side hustle. It was like 300 bucks a month. There was no arrows pointing to leave the job. 
So that night we went home, got home from work. We started to discuss financially. What would it look like? Is it realistic? What would it require me to do? This is where ego came in again. Mm -hmm. And actually Chris Harder. And he said, you got to put your ego aside and, and you might have to take a job that you think you're better. You are, you feel you're above, right? Or something that is beneath you. Because if you need to pay the bills, maybe that's something that you need to do. But what would it look like if you went all in? And so for the record, being a teacher in a beautiful school district, with a gorgeous house, seven minutes away. Like that was not my worst case scenario, but the point is it was not my best case scenario. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was living somebody else's life, which I quite literally was because I did not go to school to be a teacher. It was a fallback that my parents kind of forced me to get. And I'm glad that they did, but it wasn't my life. Like I, who, what, (laughs) what, who created this? So that uh, Christmas break, that winter break, we made the decision to formally you know, have me resign. And we went back in January 2nd of 2017, I resigned. And that was my last year teaching. And then it brings us to current day, which we can get into. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's just keep going. This is amazing. I love it. Yeah. So I then spent from January to the end of the school year, uh, commuting in and out of the city every day from Jersey. So I'd, I'd get home from work from school, I'd go into the city and I was very intentionally placing myself in rooms. And so I was intentionally going to different gyms and fitness studios because I knew that when we moved to Manhattan, which was what we were doing, I knew that when we moved to Manhattan, I was going to you know, need to get a job. And so I wanted to start making a name for myself. At the time, I had already been a trainer for about 15 years, but in New Jersey. So I said, I'm going to go into New York. I'm going to start inserting myself into these different bougie boutiques, meet these trainers, uh, start building relationships. And, and it sucked, to be honest. Like I was getting home from work, commuting into the city, getting home at nine o'clock at night, $40, mm-hmm. a drop-in class, you know, $10 for a smoothie. 13 if it was shaman blessed <laughs> and um, yeah, commuting home. So that's what I was intentionally doing, kind of reverse engineering. And when we moved to the city, I just, I went all in and I, I did have to put the ego aside. I was working at a big box gym, which I, I hadn't done in many, many years, picking weights up off the floor, wearing a cheesy name tag. And I'm so grateful that I did. I thought my business was going to be in fitness. And so I was working my way through bodybuilding, I was in covers, magazines, working with, you know, magazines, TV shows, and still working on my online fitness business because now it's four years later. What happened was when I went all in, my online fitness business scaled to multiple six figures like overnight. So a lot of trainers in New York started asking me how. Hmm. And so because I'm a teacher, I just started showing and teaching and one friend turned to three and then all of a sudden eight. And every Thursday we were sitting around my laptop and I'm like, wait a minute, I think I have to charge you for this. But I too had to break through the fear and the imposter. I've never taken a formal business class in my life. I've never taken a formal marketing class in my life. And so I had mentors. I was in masterminds and investing in coaches and programs, but, and I had results, but I had never formally done the education for it. So I worked through some of all of that and my clients started getting results like crazy. I mean, my first client that I ever worked with had an $80,000 launch after working together for 12 weeks. And I was like, wait, there's something here. And so the teacher and me just started to duplicate and replicate a process within my head, which is what Dylan was doing, which I would love to actually gift your audience because I have that process in a free training. Cool. So we call it the post it to profit process, which is, you know, unfortunately not trademarked, but we can gift that to the audience um, and they can get that training. So it's just com slash post it to profit free. And so we created this kind of program, which three years has turned into an absolute beast, scaled to multiple seven figures, has created seven millionaires from the ground up and hundreds and hundreds of clients, financial freedom, uh, location freedom, 
I retired Mike from his job. I helped my father retire from working, you know, 50 something years as a doctor. And we bought an RV, left New York City, and we are currently parked in Idaho. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Okay. So that was amazing. Like your entire story, every time I hear it, I just get like one more little piece and some background and it's just so inspiring. So a couple of things you said though, and I want to make sure, you know, when I was in the HVAC business, um, my, my coach in a consulting company that I worked with would always tell me, don't say like technical terms. And so what is a launch? Like, I just want to make sure, and I don't want to downplay either, but we're just so used to. So like you said, what, like eight weeks to launch or 12 weeks to launch and they made 80 grand. Like Mm-hmm. Explain yeah. the process to me from a high level. Yeah. So a launch in simplest forms would be an offer and an offer is just simply an opportunity. So it's you coming forward, whether it's on your email list or using social media, and you're basically telling your audience, Hey, I have a way for you to work with me. And this is what it looks like. So what we do in empower, which is our signature 12 week program that you mentioned is we take you from the very beginning of ideation to What is it that you're an expert at? Like, what do you have in your head already that you could potentially build a course, a program, or some sort of coaching expertise, an ebook, anything? What do you already know Mm. that people would pay you for? What solutions do you have for people's problems? What transformation have you been through or has someone around you, have you helped them been through, right? So we help you unpack what that is. We help you extract it from yourself. And then we help you package up what are the different ways that you could turn that into a business, a digital business online, then we how you can market it with social media. So we lean heavy on social media. We also teach how to build an email list and be on various platforms. So you're, you're diversifying your, your leads where you're calling people in, but we really lean on social media because it's free marketing. So you're leaving a lot of money on the table and opportunity on the table if you don't utilize social media. And we don't care what platform you're on. We teach to all the different platforms, but we give you strategy help you build out your own personalized strategy for how you're going to connect with your audience. Because when you are selling a digital product, when you're doing a coaching program, when you're offering a course, it's a people business, Mm -hmm. you're in a relationship business. And Mm -hmm. so you're really a personal brand selling yourself and your services, because remember, you're selling what's in your head, you're selling what you know, your experiences. And then from there, we help you get into what, what we call a launch. So launching is reverse engineering, putting the program out there. And that's everything from the technology to the legal to make sure that your payment processor is set up to what should you actually price the program? What are the market demands? What is the industry standard? Your, your hourly rate, all of these things. And then we help you with a launch plan. So how are you going to tell the world about it? How long are you going to keep your doors open? Are you going to close them? Are, is, are there bonuses, incentives, all of these different things. Mm-hmm. And in Empower, we actually have you launching around week eight very intentionally because we want to be with you while you're actually onboarding your clients. So you're still with us while you're starting your course or program. You're still with us when you're onboarding your clients. That way we can help you through the first three to four weeks of your actual program build out that you're doing. Um, and we do it, I say we, because we have a team of 10. And so we have an accountant on staff, we have a lawyer on staff, we have a tech guy, and we have a mindset coach. And then we have six supporting coaches aside from me. And so we're walking you through, it's very much like school. There's a 140 page workbook that we've created. You know, we pace you through, we tell you exactly what to do and watch and, 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 uh, follow each week. Very, very structured. Um, we're going to circle back to this at the end of the show, but I want to make sure. So how do, how do people find this? Because, um, like that, that's amazing in itself just, and, and this isn't like a hundred grand. They're not investing a hundred. Like I'm, 
what what you guys do is like super affordable. And so I want to drop this. Like, how do people, how do people find that in case they're like running into the gym or something right now? Like, where do they find it? Yeah. Honestly, come over to just.glazer on Instagram. That would be the best spot. You can go to justglazer.com, my website. And depending on when this episode drops, we may or may not be opening the doors very soon. We open them about three times a year. And so the link is in my bio or you can just DM me and we can chat about it. Okay, cool. We'll come back to that again at the end, but I just wanted to make sure we get that in there because um, case somebody's dropping off. Okay, so I have some like questions and you know, I, I mentioned this already, but um, Dylan, my son, I was just thinking as you were talking through this, and, and again, this is like for the access that they get to you and the team and the process and the years of experience and knowledge and everything else, like th- this is an amazing program. But just watching, uh, I said this at the beginning, but Dylan's getting ready to launch a wake surfing course online. Like who would think that somebody could launch a wake surfing course and he's got this goal, which I again said earlier, but he wants to sell a thousand courses at $197 and he'll do it. I mean, that's totally doable. Um, That's $197,000. And if, you know, he launches two or three times a year, he's going to hit that. Um, And by the way, it doesn't need to be like, I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but there's a bunch of stuff that you teach people how to do to lead up to launches and everything else. But it's not like, you know, if somebody said, Hey, I heard you have a course, like they can buy it between launches, right? It's not like you launch and, and, and it's closed. Like he can sell this year round, right? If yeah, he absolutely can. If he chooses to, we, Mm -hmm. we teach three different ways to kind of sell. So there's Mm -hmm. three different main ways of launching. There's the open closed where it's a short amount of time and you can only come in when it's open. There's the rolling enrollment which is essentially people can buy it at any time. And maybe every month there's kind of a quote unquote cohort that's getting some live coaching. Mm. And then there's evergreen or passive, which is just people cl- click and buy whenever they want. So you can do any combination of all of that or create your own. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. Well, and Dylan's doing something interesting and I just love to get your thoughts and I want to pique the audience's interest about dif- different ways that they could apply this. So he's doing the $197 um you know, online course. And what's interesting, he charges $250 an hour for live lessons. The problem with that is wherever Dylan is, it's kind of like Jesus, wherever, you know, Jesus could be everywhere, but <laughs> when he was a human, he could only be in one place at a time or whatever. Um, that's uh, Dylan actually. Did you just say Dylan is Jesus? Pretty oh, much. Yeah. Well, his hair kind of looks the same. His hair so, is, yeah. yeah. Um, but what was interesting, Dylan started thinking about it. Like, you know, he wants his time freedom too. And he's like, absolutely, man, it, so number one, he can only coach people and help people wherever he is. And so when he started thinking through this course, he's like, then anybody could do it. But he's also started doing live online coaching through Zoom, which who would have thought that? Like you can send your video into Dylan and he'll do a 30 minute, which I think was part of what, you know, he learned, you know, different different levels of engagement. So he sells his course and then he's got the online Zoom. And ultimately, if you live in Austin, Texas, or when he goes on tour, you're there, then you can pay the 250. But the reality from Dylan's perspective he makes more profit on the course than he does anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because once it's done, it's done if he's not running it live. So, you know, and I'll DM him so we can have a conversation, but he can sell this course evergreen. He only has to film it one time and he can sell it at 197. However, if he wanted to, let's say once or four times a year, he does more of a forward facing launch where he ramps it up and he tells people about it because otherwise it's just living, right? People know about it hearsay, click the link in my bio, something like that. But if he does more of a forward facing launch four times a year, and with that launch, he does some sort of a package on top of it. So it's the 197, but then there's an upsell 
where for an extra $100, they can get some big group Zoom chat with him. Or there's another product that he created on the back end. So now he has a secondary. So this one is from getting up to doing a 360. Mm. And now maybe he teaches a different skill. And after someone purchases the 197, there's a bump. And there's another offer where for another $100, they can get the next skill that Mm -hmm. he just filmed one time. And so he can create, this is what people in digital business often call a funnel, but he can create a funnel for himself where, yeah, over the course of time, over this course of even this year, imagine what that would look like. And then crazy, stupid idea. What if he has a $49 a month membership and these people are just in like a community Facebook group or Voxer or something. And it's just a community, but once a month, he drops a new skill. Mm -hmm. And what he's actually doing is he's, creating a library of skills for himself to then package and sell. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. And I love, I don't, I didn't intentionally, you know, want to yeah. brag on Dylan and, but, but it's so interesting because watching my 21 year old son go through your course and, and now seeing, so he's a professional wake surfer. Not that that really matters, but when he was, um, when we lived in Phoenix, he went and he had a personal trainer that he worked with that was specific to like, I don't know what this guy's degree was, but it wasn't just like a trainer in a gym. He was like very focused on athletes and their types of movements. And I never really thought about a lot of this, but you know, being a wake surfer, a tennis player or whatever, you do these same movements. And so you have to offset, you know, your, your resistance and build muscles on the other side. And so anyway, he worked with this trainer that was specific to wake surfing. And so Dylan's already, like you were talking about the next once somebody goes through your course and they understand this, like it, it opens up so many. Dylan started thinking he's going to build a, um, a wake surfing wad, like workout of the day that's specific yeah. to building muscles for wake surfing. And that would, that'll be like his oh, yeah. next. And the reason why I wanted to say all that is to like point it out because you were talking about the next launch and you know, the next part of that mm-hmm. and building on top of it and not even just video courses, but the communities and all of that. And so I wanted to just kind of anchor that because I've watched it firsthand with, with Dylan, yeah. I mean, if I don't want to doubt, Dylan's a very intelligent kid, but if, you know, a 21 year old kid can, can do this, um, anybody can do it. Yeah. And the sky isn't even the limit. So now, okay. So Dylan creates this wake surfing wad workout of the day. And then again, crazy, stupid idea. I've done this with many clients. He gets these workouts accredited by AFA or NASA, which are the two biggest mm. personal training certifications out there. And now he has a whole other leg to his business where he's actually pumping trainers through his course and they're getting certified in his methodology so that they're now a trainer who is certified in wake surfing wad. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's absolutely endless. It's absolutely, it just, you can keep growing the tentacles off the octopus. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me put you on the spot and let's get tactical and help out the audience here. Cause I can, I can hear it already. Just, you know, it was so, um, great what you brought up early ego fear just you know talking to the 12 people at the table like when you're talking about the conference room it like so it it sunk for me so you know i'm just sitting here thinking pest control you could be a pest control guy and i think my audience is probably saying okay well that's great for a wake surfer that's great for you know mike and kara who you know do real estate and why we, we run into all these limiting beliefs around this, but I'm, I'm just thinking pest control. I'm going to pick on the pest yeah. control guy. If you're really good at pest control and you've like scaled your business, you could create a video course for other pest control people, right? Like there's, 100%. I don't care what it is. Like, so talk to the audience. Yeah. Like there's these yeah. limiting beliefs that keep us from moving forward. And the other thing I want you to hit on too is 
well, there's already so much information out there. Say I'm a real estate broker or say I'm a pest control guy or I'm a plumber or whatever I am. There's already so many gurus out there doing this. Why would anybody buy my $197 course? Yeah. So going back to just pest control, I know nothing about pest control. I have no intention of learning anything and I don't want to start a pest control business. However, that's not to say that maybe one day something happens in our life. I don't know, a global pandemic where my husband maybe loses his job and now we're looking for something to get into. Maybe it is, it is a family business, whatever it is. The person who knows about pest control has information within them that other people just don't know and they are willing to pay for. Mm. What could it look like? I'm sure there are non-toxic things that you can do. You could teach on better choices that are you know not harmful how to build the pest control business? How do you find clients? Are you door knocking? Are you putting yourself in the yellow pages? Have you utilized social media? If so, how is it working for you, right? Mm -hmm. So there's all these different avenues that you can go down, whether it's helping people build business or helping other, even helping in home. What if you went general population and we're dealing with it right now in the RV, we have um, fruit flies that like to come in. Mm -hmm. And so we have a bowl with apple cider vinegar with a plastic saran wrap and we poked little holes and they go in and that's unfortunately they stay there but um that type of stuff right so the tips and tricks of even at home non-toxic pest control because we googled that so to your second point but the information's out there it is it very much is and it's out there and it's free because we googled what to do and we found it for free so why would somebody pay you People pay for people because they want a faster transformation. Mm -hmm. They pay for people because they want someone who understands. They want relatability. They want a sounding board. They want accountability. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. On the flip side, the information's out there. So if all we needed was information, then wouldn't we all have thriving, successful businesses? Wouldn't we all have financial freedom? No, we don't. Right. But why? The information's there. Mm -hmm not enough for most of them. Not the information. So I use a a math equation, if you will. And I say information plus augmentation equals transformation. So what that means is what you can Google plus taking action equals results. Mm. The problem is in action, in implementation, most of us get stuck. Who am I? Why should I do this? There are other people. I don't know what to do next. I'm too tired. I'll do it tomorrow. So action is actually the key ingredient where like a coach, a mentor, school, homework, this structure, this framework comes in to help assist us. Because otherwise, when things get hard, well, I don't really have to do it. Mm-hmm. My job's fine right here. Right? Yeah. So the information, yes, it's Googleable. You can find everything on YouTube. But people are paying for proximity. Mm-hmm. They're paying for the, the accountability. And then the last point that you made, which I thought was interesting, was back to the fact that the information is out there. So I always like to use the coffee shop method or way of looking at things. So in New York City, there's a coffee shop on literally every street corner. Mm. And we've been driving through the country and we're in these small little bodunk towns and they too have multiple coffee shops. Yeah. So how and why can we have multiple coffee shops that are all thriving? And when I ask my clients this question, I use use New York City as reference. And so you're walking down the street. And if you've ever been in New York or with a New Yorker, you know that we don't stop at the corner. You zigzag your way through the city. Mm -hmm. Like you don't actually stop at the light, you zigzag. And so as you're zigzagging through the street, what makes you stop at a particular coffee shop? And the answers are usually things like, the first thing is geography. If it's not on my way home, if it's not on the right side of the street, I'm not going to it. Mm -hmm. The second thing is the quality of the product. Do you actually like the coffee? 
Another thing would be the environment. What's the vibe when you walk in? What's the mission or the give back? Does this coffee shop do something good with their money, with their profits? Who are the people that work there? How do they make you feel? What's the feeling of the environment? Do they know your name? Do they know your order? These are all things. There are many more too that people come back to that particular coffee shop for. But we have evidence and proof that the market is demanding more coffee. We're addicted to coffee. Yeah. So because we want coffee, people can have more coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And some may say, you know, the, the best will survive. And that might be true. So the ones who have the best environment or the better branding or have more locations that are accessible, they might crush some of the smaller companies, but it doesn't mean that people don't want coffee. Yeah. So the information that you have that you're saying, oh, well, there's already someone teaching it. Do you think that uh, Cardi B or Mariah Carey were concerned that, well, but there's already been a Celine Dion or a Tina Turner? Mm. No. No. We can have multiple artists yep. and multiple doctors and multiple teachers to go to. It's It gives people more opportunity. And people buy from people. So depending on who you resonate with and who is in your audience already, mm-hmm. there's absolutely an opportunity for you. You know, and this is what's funny too, because uh, the limiting beliefs and and the, the ego and all those people that you're talking about at the conference table, I'm going to remember that forever, by the way. Um, <laughs> that never ends. Like I'm working on... Uh, you know, I'm a firm believer right now that it's the best time ever to buy existing businesses. And so I'm, I'm building out this platform. I want to build an ecosystem around events and masterminds and a place where, you know, you can even set up the funding. We'll bring the funding in for, you know, people that want to buy their own business. But I started hearing Grant Cardone talking about the same thing. And I'm like, well, Grant Cardone's talking about it. Why should I do it? Like, I mean, what, you know, it's Grant Cardone, like he's got two and a half million followers. And it immediately you start telling that same old story, right? And the reason why I should do that is because honestly, like I have never bought anything from Grant Cardone and a lot of people wouldn't because that's no, there's no community there. There's no interaction. There's no, so people are looking for different things. They're not just looking for information and knowledge. They're looking for connection. They're looking for community. You know, you were talking about the coffee shop and um, that's a big thing for me. That's one thing that people get at empower you. Like you even said a few minutes ago, you're going to reach out to Dylan. Like you get that community, you've got an entire group of advisors and, and they get to be in a community with other people that are building their courses and they assist each other. And so that's a lot of, you know, it doesn't matter if the 10,000 pound gorilla Grant Cardone is already doing it too. There's room for me too, because no, it doesn't, you can have a hundred people and a hundred different people looking for the same thing. And they're going to buy from 10 different people because uh, not everybody's going to buy that one product, right? Or, or connect with that one person. And so, um, yeah, yeah, such a good point. Just so much amazing information. Um, I'd love to, you know, just, I, I think we should do this probably once a year or something, just so we stay connected with the audience. Because I think, you know, the, the, the resource that you've built at Empower You and the fact that they get access to, you know, legal and accounting and and coaches that help them through it. And we haven't even talked about content and copy and all of this stuff that you guys help people do. But, you know, for the person that's out there, everybody has a skill set. Everybody has a unique talent. Everybody has an ability that the world needs. So what do you, what do you say to them if they're sitting on the fence? Mm. What's the worst case scenario? Ooh, love it. Yeah. Love it. 
I've said this to my audience so many times. I remember when Kara and I left my job, my W-2 job in 2004 and started our first business and never looked back by the way, but we asked that question, what's the worst case scenario? And the worst case scenario was I go back to the job because, you know, I was a plumber at the time and plumbers are needed everywhere. And so even if I went and failed, that exact company would give me my job back or the competitor would probably pay me $2 an hour more than my competitor or the company that I was with. And so what was the worst case scenario? I go back to where I'm at today. I loved when you said, you know, that person was already, that person told you or whatever it was that you're already living, or they said it on a podcast, they were already living that hell. That was so profound. Yeah. Yeah. That was huge for us. So what's the worst case scenario? Mm. Change someone's life. (laughs) Yeah. So dive back into, tell us one more time about empower you. Obviously they can find you at just, uh, you tell me, you tell them. Yeah. 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 So just.glazer is the Instagram, justglazer.com. Uh, but Empower generally, like I said, opens three times a year. We are opening in October for our fall class. And uh, if you're interested, just shoot me a DM, say Empower, and we can chat about it. If you're sharing it with the world, if you have a solution to a problem, then you're you're literally stealing from somebody or rob somebody. And it's our responsibility. On That's why we're here as the collective to help one another. And um, to your Grant Cardone, what did you say? The big gorilla. The crazy thing is that while he might be a big gorilla to you, there are people in your audience who've actually never even heard of him. Mm-hmm. And so you are that person for them. Yeah. yeah. So good. And you had mentioned earlier a free a free report they could get on the sticky note process. What where where can they get that again? I have a whole training on the post-it method that we teach. So that's at jessglazer.backslash post-it to profit free. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and I highly, highly, highly encourage you all to reach out to Jess, just check out Empower You. You've got something great in you. And this has just been one of the best um, people that I've seen help people get from start to launch. Um, So appreciate you coming on the show. Mike, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.